We are back. I'm Cassie Schrader sitting in for Tom Bernard. This is the, welcome to the family. That's how he says it. Welcome mm-hmm. to the family. And then the only other person in studio with me is... Andy Brand Bernard. Yeah, we're the Skeleton Crew. Um, Tom, if you're just joining us, Tom had to take a few days off to deal with some family and friends and stuff like that. So today, it's just Andy and I. Tomorrow and Friday will be the best of. So uh, check us out on social media. I'll be posting links to a best of episode that I'll be putting together tonight. So, um, but yeah, we got to take a quick commercial break and be right back. Recently, the four Walzer dealerships in Burnsville, Walzer Subaru, Walzer Honda, Walzer Nissan, and Walzer Mazda encountered a hailstorm. Adjusters flew in from around the U.S. to handle a claim on what will be over 2,500 new and used cars. They've drastically reduced the pricing on these vehicles, and there are some wonderful bargains available. But here's the deal. I normally hate the hurry-these-won't-last style of marketing, but in this case, it is true. It's not like they'll go into the back lot at night with hammers and make more. I also usually tell people to check them out online, but in the case of slightly damaged cars, you really do have to see them for yourselves. Stop out to Walzer Mazda, Nissan, Honda, and Subaru just south of the Burnsville Mall on Buck Hill Road. If you really want to, you can tell them Tom sent you, but that sounds kind of dumb. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? At, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. We are back. I'm Cassie Schrader sitting in for Tom Bernard. Um, yeah, I got a news story. I know that's probably an inappropriate song to play for this news story, but it was fitting. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, this was kind of it. Now, this is one of my favorite World War II planes. I love the B-17. It's beautiful. If anybody knows anything about World War II planes, a B-17, if you have anyone seen the movie Memphis Bell, that was a B-17. They called them the Flying Fortress. They had gun turrets. They had multiple guns off the side, the back. The, You know, they had a dome at top. They, I mean, they had them everywhere. And they were the ones that did the bombing runs during World War II. And the famous P-51 Mustangs or, uh, you know, they had famous groups like the Tuskegee Airmen, the Red Tails. Would, what they would do is they would fly around these these B-17s that were carrying bombs, and they would, um, you know, protect them and fight off fighter planes to so they can accomplish their mission. The Memphis Bell was, I think, the only one or one of the first to complete, like, 25 missions. So I think once they did 25 uh, bombing missions, that then they can retire and be done with the plane. Hmm. And not many made it back. No. So, um, but, you know... It's really cool that a lot of these smaller airports, they still keep up on these World War II planes just to show them uh, people the history. They're beautiful, beautifully crafted airplanes, and they have such a, I mean, when you look at them, because, if, you know, if you're a history buff and know what, what really went on in World War II, it's just, it's emotional to see these planes and what they went through during that war. Um, but you, you see them at air shows. People still fly them, um, but unfortunately, one went down today in Connecticut. It's in um, 
someone reported that a witness said that it sounded like an 18-wheeler coming down the street and then it got louder, said one witness. Then the crash came and it was a big fireball. World War II airplane went down at Connecticut's Bradley International Airport around 10 a.m. today. The plane was reportedly slid off the runway into a building. So um, there was 13 people aboard. Reports say five to six were taken to the hospital, and at least two people were dead. But there was no official word on this. So, um, And it says the airport tweeted that the airport was closed following the accident, which involved the Collins Foundation World War II aircraft. Reports the vintage World War II aircraft show was underway at the airport at the time. Witnesses recount seeing the B-17 bomber flying extremely low, nearly at treetop level before crashing. So probably it was losing engine power and, yeah. Well, I mean, the plane is like 90 years old. Mm-hmm. There's only so much you can do to maintain something to stop it from just falling apart. Well, and these aren't these aren't like turbo engines. These are prop <clears throat> yeah, engines. No. So, I mean, not only do you have, you know, a plane, you have these props going around, and then when they lose power, they don't have... The prop engines just don't have enough power like the jet, the, the turbine engines we have today. Um, you know, pilots, when they lose, when they start losing power in one engine, the other engine has enough juice to, mm-hmm. you know, at least land safely. Usually they'll divert to an airport to do emergency landing or it happened to me on one of my flights. Dave and I were flying uh, to Sault Ste. Marie a couple of years ago, and we this was before we had a direct flight from Minneapolis to Sault Ste. Marie, so we'd have to stop in Detroit and take a connecting flight from Detroit to Sault Ste. Marie. Well, we got on the connecting flight. Within 20 minutes of getting in the air, the pilot said that we had to go back to Detroit because we were losing power in our <laughs> in our Fun. engine. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And, of course, every, the whole plane just got silent, and everybody was white-knuckling the armrests. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it wasn't bad. They, they accommodated us very well, got us on another plane to get up to Sault Ste. Marie. But, um, yeah, these prop planes, I mean, once that prop starts turning, you're going to start losing power fast. And it, it's just sad that, you know, they, they try and upkeep these planes there's you only know. so much you can do, though. Well, yeah, I don't think the parts to replace are very, you know, easy to find either. Um, I'm, I'm sure people have to fabricate and make, you know, their own parts for some of these planes. But, yeah, that's a little um, scary. But, uh, oh, geez, Trump's had it. He's whining again. Of course. Do we want to? I don't even want to open that story. But he's calling bullshit on Twitter if anybody's interested. Um yeah, it's just one. Oh gosh, I I'm so sick of politics. I mean, with the with the debates that have been going on and everything else, it's just all in the news. It's you can't you can't get away from it. You can't. Have they even been playing political ads? Yeah. Oh god. I've seen a couple. I know. I see people popping up their signs and uh, stuff like that. Well, this is interesting. A bride and groom spend their wedding night in jail. Oh, gee, oh, they were assaulting police. What, a, what kind of wedding was this? You're not going to do that at your wedding here coming up. No. <laughs> sometimes, not. Yeah, it says sometimes weddings can get a little rambunctious, but usually don't end with newlyweds in jail for allegedly assaulting police. That's what happened Saturday in Prescott, Arizona, authorities say. Officers responded 9.30 p.m. to reports of a woman in a wedding gown attempting to assault a worker at a business on Whiskey Row. Oh, that sounds like a classy place. Mm. A part of town known for its bars and saloons. Um, As officers talked to the bride, 30-year-old Ashley Jordan, her new husband, 32-year-old Eric Cordova, allegedly got involved aggressively. Then as police were attempting to restrain him, other members of the wedding party allegedly started insulting the police officer. So it was a melee. Two officers sustained minor injuries, uh, the Arizona Republic reports. Oh, stay classy, you guys. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. You're at your wedding. Obviously, alcohol was involved because they well, were on yeah. Whiskey Row. Uh, Jordan and Cordova, who had wed earlier that day, were booked in jail on charges of aggravated assault on a law enforcement officer resisting arrest and disorderly conduct. Police say Jordan pushed an officer and hit him in the face. Oh, jeez. 
Dustin Trout, 31, and Amos Puckett, 25, were also arrested on charges including obstruction of justice, disorderly conduct, aggravated assault on law enforcement. Two other men were cited for disorderly conduct and released, the Daily Courier Courier reports. Oh, God. Maybe you guys shouldn't drink. They don't look happy. I mean, she she looks she looks harsh. Most but people who drink that much aren't happy. So she does have her mug shot though. She's wearing her wedding dress. <laughs> well, you think that's gonna go in the memory book? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh, the day we got we wed and got married. Look, I'm guessing our... they don't remember it. So oh yeah, they were probably just smashed. Oh jeez. Huh. But yeah, I I. God, I feel bad for police officers, man. Officer Dave, kudos to you, because I can't imagine having to deal with drunken, orderly people, disorderly people all the mm-hmm. time. Oh, can you imagine the? Well, I don't even know if the cops in uh, downtown Minneapolis even attempt to, because I'm sure at two a.m. there's got to be hundreds of drunk people just meandering around Minneapolis. Yep. Um, I don't know. I try and avoid Minneapolis as much as possible, unfortunately, because it is a it is a beautiful town. And uh, but yeah, uh, I guess a there's a, is a viral um, homeless woman that supposedly got offered a contract. Cop found her singing in a subway. She's now a viral hit. Wonder if I can play this without an ad. Um, Probably not. I don't know. Some of these to me seem like they're. Uh, what's the word I'm thinking? Like, not fake. Obviously, she can sing, but she's really not homeless. Kind of a facade. Well, yeah, that's often what it is. Yeah, it says it's it's like an American Idol story, but on social media. That's how the rep for the Los Angeles Councilman describes the plight of Emily Zamoruka, a homeless woman discovered singing in an empty subway station in L.A. Um, Zemorka may now have a new lease on life thanks to a video that officers reported, which got posted on Twitter last week and quickly went viral. Four million people call L.A. home, the police department tweeted. Four million stories, four million voices. Sometimes you just have to stop and listen to one to hear something beautiful. Local news outlets soon tracked Zemorka down with CBS Evening News deeming her story one of perseverance. She's a Russian immigrant who came to the U.S. at the age of 24, and she is initially taught violin piano lessons to make a living. Unspecified health issues have led to her giving up her teachings, though she started doing street performance uh, with her 10th... She has a $10,000 violin, and she's homeless. Mm, it's a little odd. You would think you would sell it. I would. I probably would, too. $10,000? Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, Well, I hope she's not going around telling everybody it's $10,000 when she's homeless. That thing would get snatched up real quick. Then two years ago, a man grabbed her violin. I didn't read ahead. Grabbed her violin and damaged it to the point she can no longer use it. Oh, what a jerk. Show... um, Let's see, show cell phone video from that moment as she walked over her destroyed instrument. When I lost that, I felt like I lost everything. Oh, that's sad. Mm. I wonder if I can play this. But, I mean, I don't know. It's it's hard to say because it's like every once in a while these feel-good stories pop up. And I get it. I get it that people want to. But it seems like some of them are a little staged. I don't know. It, it You know what's sad is that, you know, with everything that goes on with social media, that something that could be genuine, everybody thinks it's fake now because of it's yep. kind of like the because everything's um, fake now. The boy who cried wolf kind of thing. Um, you know, it's it's like, can I really believe it? I mean, great for her if if she has managed to, you know, make a career out of it and stuff like that. But yeah, that is kind of sad that. Uh, that somebody yeah. busted up her violin. Had to be a jerk about that. But, um, yeah, I'm going to see if I can play it. I had to do a little bit of adjusting. But, um, yeah, she seems like a sweet woman. She's cute. I mean, she's... Oh, here we go. I got it up. Let's see. Let's hear her her, uh, her golden pipes, as they say. Her voice is the sweetest sound in the subway. 
Her story is one of perseverance. Emily Zamorka is a 52-year-old Russian immigrant. She worked several jobs as she struggled to pay off mounting medical Shut up. bills. I know, I want to hear her thing. On the streets of LA. Until three yeah, they years give you ago, like two seconds and then... Although I tell you what, man, I sound like that in the shower. Anybody can... Oh, here. So she started using the... She does have a beautiful voice. Yeah. Her amazing voice. But then you have the subway, the the acoustics of the mm -hmm. subway. A lot of enhance. echo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Well, at least she's at least she's genuine and not auto tune like mm -hmm. everybody else we know. Jeez Louise. But yeah, it, you know, it, it's a feel good story. You know, if 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 it's genuine, I hope uh, she can make a career out of it and um, she can do well in life and mm -hmm. maybe get the, a new ten thousand dollar violin. Oh, no. Um, Russians are meddling again. I don't even want to open that because then I'll... We have, we have two dogs in studio, by the way. Jeez. So. <laughs> okay. Now there's... um. It, you've heard of the real ID or the enhanced mm -hmm. ID. I guess the star on the state ID is about to become hugely important. One year from real ID deadline, most Americans are without. Well, they keep changing the deadline. Yeah, they do. That's, that doesn't help every, anybody. Because <laughs> I, I was worried. I was like, well, am I supposed to get it? Because you're going to need an enhanced driver's license or a passport to travel within the United States. And I get why they keep changing the deadline because people just, they, they're not ready for it. Um, I think they bumped ours back to... January of 2020 now. So it's only a few months away. But it says Americans intending to fly domestically next year using their state-issued ID better first check the upper right-hand corner starting October. Oh, no, it's October 1st, 2020. Travelers will need an upgraded driver's license, what is known as the real ID, to access airport security checkpoints, nuclear power plants, and certain federal buildings. Oh, so it's not just for flying. I mean, like if you need to go to a court or something, you're going to need this real ID. The the IDs featuring a star in the the corner was warranted through the Real ID Act passed in 2005 to response to security concerns raised by 9/11 Commission NPR reports. To get one, a person typically needs to show a birth certificate or a permanent resident card, social security card, at least two documents with proof of address. But a year out, just 27% of Americans have a real ID report, CNN, which notes that states such as New Jersey, Oklahoma, and Oregon haven't even begun issuing them. And more than half Americans are unaware of approaching deadline. According to the study conducted for the U.S. Travelers Association, a rep says it's unrealistic to expect 182 million Americans to visit the DMV before next October. Even so, if you don't have one of the compliant IDs, either real ID or one of the alternatives, like a passport, you will actually uh, going to be turned away at the checkpoint. Indeed, some 78,000 people could be turned away at airports on the first day the federal law goes in effect per NPR. So I don't know now, I don't know if it's then now it's here in Minnesota, if it's October 2020. I guess if you want to find out any type of information for your state, you can just go to your state's low, uh, government website and maybe just plug in real ID, and then they'll tell you. But, yeah, yeah they keep... still saying October 1st, 2020. Okay. Because, yeah, I got put... I remember last time I saw, it was, like, January of 2020, so now it's pushed again to October 2020. Mm -hmm. So, and trust me, the DMV is not the quickest place to get an ID. No. My I changed my address on my driver's license. It took... I And they give you, you know, a temporary yellow piece of paper with your new information on it. And those are only good for two months. I didn't get my, my new driver's license for three months. So I was walking around with an expired mm -hmm. <laughs> paper. Not at all surprised. But I kept my my form, I kept my expired driver's license with me just so it could prove that this is my face, this is me. Um, but, yeah, it can be a pain in the ass dealing with that kind of stuff. But we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back with some more news. And then upcoming, we'll have Steffi Slays as a guest. It's Tom Bernard with North American Banking Company CEO and my buddy, Michael Bilski. Michael, let's say somebody has a plan to expand their business this year. How can North American Banking Company get that job done? At North American Banking Company, we'll take time to understand the customer's needs and wants and their plans for the future. Once we have a good understanding of that, we'll try to solve their financing dilemma. 
we won't take a cookie cutter approach to any financing situation. Wonderful. So if I need cash to expand my podcast, you got a plan for me too? No. (laughs) (laughs) God, thank you. I see where this is going. Well, we love working with you. We can help any business, including a podcast that's already very successful. Who's better than you? That's what I want to know. You I still are. never liked you, though. You are. No, I never. Don't try to make up. I don't. <laughs> Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender? Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. We are back here with the family. I'm Cassie Schrader sitting in for Tom Bernard. Now, during the break, I told Andy this is the perfect song for this news story. If you're thinking good vibrations, apparently this guy in uh, North Carolina thought so too. A burglar broke into a North Carolina resident last week and stole a 12-inch sex toy. The Brunswick County Police or Sheriff's Office deputies responded Wednesday evening to report a break-in at a resident in Leland, a town 10 miles from Wilmington. The burglary suspect who remains at large, oh, he's running around with a vibrator, mm. <laughs> entered the Buckwood Court home and, and departed with a 12-inch electric vibrating wand, two pieces of jewelry and coins, and several other items worth a combined of $450. The stolen sex toy is valued at $30, according to the report, which does not reveal whether the item was new or used, <laughs> one, or if it even came with batteries. Oh, gee. Well, the one they have pictured, usually those plug in. <laughs> mm. The victim is listed as a 38-year-old woman who owns the 1,600-square-foot residence. If apprehended, the vibrator, vibrator thief would face larceny and breaking and entering charges. Why would you... Well, Okay, if all things to steal, why would you look at that? I, I, did he, I wonder if he thought it was a massager. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. That is, mm. Some of the times when you get these stories, you're like, he really stole that? That's what they took? Well, a lot of the cases, burglars look for electronics. And if they don't know what it is, it plugs in. So it's <laughs> it electronic, must be right? It something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe it's got copper wiring in it. Yeah. I don't know. That to me, oh, God. Oh, somebody spiked bean dip with methamphetamines. Oh, we got to read this. Hmm. In Oregon, Oregon, felon allegedly placed methamphetamines into bean dip that she served to co-workers at a Thriftway supermarket, according to cops, who arrested the woman for multiple criminal counts. Police charged that Cassandra Medina Hernandez, 38, provided spiked bean dip to a woman who fell ill after consuming it. Upon being treated at a hospital, the victim learned the bean dip may have been contaminated with methamphetamines, according to Marion County Sheriff's Office. The 27-year-old victim told cops that the Medina Hernandez, who was working at the store's deli department, provided her with the bean dip. And probable cause affidavit states, a fellow Thriftway Employee told police that Medina Hernandez told her about placing drugs inside the victim's food. A second worker told investigators that Cassandra had messaged her to claim that placing the methamphetamines in the food was an accident. How do you accidentally yeah, put... Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. What do you think you're putting... I mean, according to, you know, I watched uh, Breaking Bad, what... they think it was like rock salt she was adding to the bean dip? Hmm. How do you accidentally put methamphetamines in there you know you purposely did that you were trying to get after somebody or something but yeah well bean dip is uh 
potent as itself. I can't imagine having bean dip with meth in it. Whew. Know you could just eat meth and have it do anything. Good grief. Yeah, don't be putting stuff in people's food. And she, especially, it, to me, it sounds like she was targeting this woman because she put the meth yeah. in there and then gave it to a certain employee. And, uh, yeah. So you're going to get charged, uh, hopefully, and put in jail. And we have another Nerf gun, that Nerf gun story. Um, oh, 43-year-old woman is arrested after using her boyfriend's head as an ashtray. Now, how does mm. that work? Oh, geez, people, oh, they're so entertaining. The 43-year-old woman was arrested last night for domestic battery after allegedly stubbing out a cigarette hole on the forehead. Ooh. Oh. During an argument in Florida's residence. They always do that in movies. <clears throat> they'll, they'll sit there and, like, they'll flick a cigarette at yep. somebody or put it out. It's, like, torture. Uh, cops allege that Mayux, or I butchering her last name, I'm sure, got into a verbal altercation with the 46-year-old victim upon his return home from work. After pushing the man several times, she took her lit cigarette and extinguished it on the victim's forehead. God, that's got to hurt. Oh, Ugh. That's I, what he gets for dating Cruella DeVille. <laughs> no kidding. She sounds like she's a real treat. No, I've, I've been burned by cigarettes, like just by... You know, I remember one time I was driving and it was it was springtime, so it was cool out. But you know, I didn't want to have the heat on in the car because so I had the window cracked. And I'm driving, all of a sudden I feel like something hot like hitting me on my neck. I'm like, what the heck? And then I realized somebody had flicked a cigarette out of their car window oh. and it got sucked into my car and it landed in my hood, in my car. Could have set your clothes on fire. <laughs> I know. Well, all of a sudden I'm smelling smoke in my car. I'm like. What is going on? And then in that, like, I got some ashes on my neck, and that hurt. I can't imagine having somebody take a cigarette butt and put it out on my forehead. Ouch. God, she has bitter. That that takes a lot of balls, I think, to, to do that to somebody. Oh, jeez, Louise. Uh, well, let's see. The end of a cigarette between puffs is 750 degrees, apparently. So. Really? It's pretty warm, yeah. So it probably heats up if, if you take a drag on it and even gets hotter. It gets even, yeah, it doubles the temperature while you're... Oh. But still, 750 degrees. Mm-hmm. And, then, well, of course, you have those coals and ashes, too, that will just continue to burn. Oh, my gosh. Well, um, a man called 911 to report he has narcotics on his person. So it's an honest drug addict. Uh, a Florida man dialed 911 to report that he had narcotics on his person, according to the police who say that the suspect told him he wanted to go to jail. Huh. Well, I guess if you're a drug addict, that's... <laughs> May, well, you know, it ha has been known that some drug addicts, they purposely do that because they can't afford treatment. And it's a way for them to detox. Yeah. While in, in, in jail and, you know, especially if, if there's a crime where they get convicted and put into prison, a lot of times they'll have substance abuse programs in prison for these uh, guys that have, you know, substance issues. Uh, so after jo Joshua Simmons, 21, called police late Sunday night, officers contacted him near a park in St. Petersburg. Simmons reportedly stated that he had marijuana in his front pocket and and produced it to the officers on the scene. So he was, you know, he was just like, hey, here's my drugs. Pictured at right, Simmons was taken into custody, according to the arrest affidavit, which noted that the defendant spontaneously stated that he was a transient and wanted to go to jail. They seized the marijuana, waited. It was about one gram, cops reported. Charges are charged with pot possession, a misdemeanor. Simmons is being held in the county jail in lieu of $150 bond. Rimmons rap sheet includes three convictions for trespassing and some other things. But if I open that up, I'm going to have ads everywhere. Yeah. Um, well, you know, at least he was an honest drug addict. They well, said, Here, unfortunately for him, one gram isn't going to get you anywhere. He's got yeah. to buy a bunch more if he wants to go to prison. Yeah, yeah, but who knows? I mean, he said he was a transient, so it, it probably means he was homeless, had no money. Yeah. He probably needed a place to stay. It's getting cold. Get some food, some, you know. So I know that's kind of sad that people are, are, are um, what's the word I'm thinking of, that 
that they choose to go to jail just to have some place to go. So they they do whatever, mm-hmm. whether it's assault somebody because they they've even had that where you know and <clears throat> when you hear these stories of homeless people assaulting people, I'm wondering if that's the case. It's because yeah. they want a place to to lay their head and get meals and stuff like that. It was just sad that it comes to that. But um, well, the weird thing is you can put yourself on a voluntary psych hold. Mm-hmm. You can go to a psychiatric hospital and say, "Hey, I'm insane." Take they, me. Well, I think they have to take you, don't they? Especially if they feel like you're... They'll, they'll um, evaluate you, okay. see if you actually are crazy or you're just a weirdo trying to get a free meal. But I think, I mean, if you if you come out and say, I'm, I'm going to kill myself or hurt myself... Well, yeah, they, then they have to. Yeah, so, I don't yeah, know. If but, you imply that you're going to hurt yourself or others, then, yeah, you're getting locked up. Huh. wonder who this is. Probably our guest. <clears throat> Could be. Because we are at 1245. Time for our show. Let's listen to the phone call, shall we? Okay, great. Well, let me get you plugged in the board. Wow, this day is going by fast. Yep, it is 1245 already. Yeah. All right, well, we have our guest on the line, Steffi Slays from Women's Wrestling. Hello. Yes, hello. I'm here. Oh, hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Great, great. Well, um, we we actually had um, Josh Basham, who is Ralph Basham's son, who was doing a lot of promotional stuff and stuff for Women of Wrestling But when the season premiered back in September. And uh, so mm-hmm. we've had him on already to talk about it. But now, do you have a, a big matchup coming this Saturday? Um, I'm not aware about this Saturday. I, they don't really tell me until uh, Friday evening, I believe, um, if I'm on the episode or not. So I'm kind of in the guessing game just like you guys until then. <laughs> They're just going to throw you in the ring and say go. Yeah, they give you one day of notice? Jeez. Um, so for, for Saturday, yeah, they'll, they'll give me like a short notice on mm. it. Well, it, it's great. It's great. My my boys, my two older boys, they're huge into wrestling. They love it. And I've been kind of introducing some of the women's wrestling to them. They say, hey, you know, this is kind of, you know, women have been part of wrestling. It's not just all dudes and stuff like that. But um, now, one thing I've noticed, too, a lot of the iconic wrestling figures that we've had, you know, um, uh, Ric Flair, um Dusty Rhodes, a lot of their children are getting involved. And one of the ones that's involved with uh, women of wrestling is Teal Piper, who is uh, the daughter of Rowdy Roddy Piper. And she just signed with Women's of Wrestling. Is that correct? Yes, she did. Um, I got to meet her, and we actually became really good friends now. So she's an amazing person. Mm -hmm. And it's very exciting to hear all these stories from her about her own father and it's super cool that she's inspired now to get in the ring and kind of follow his footsteps yeah well i've met i've met a couple of uh, like i've met some of dusty Rhodes' kids and stuff i went on the chris jericho cruise uh not last january my my brain is or it was like last october i'm sorry it was last october so almost a year from now i went on the first uh Jericho Cruz and it was great to see the women that they had wrestling they're just as athletic as the men are if not even more I mean you some of your signature moves are it's funny how they they worded it in the in the uh press release that I got um but you have the DYA which is delete your account the sponsored snap or do it yourself the gif is that correct yeah, I was trying to incorporate more uh, social media and "quote unquote" <laughs> millennial style into the into the ring as well. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. But you, your fighting style—it says you have your you have a lot of speed mixed with high flying aerial assaults, which I love the aerial stuff. You know, everyone says wrestling's fake and stuff like that. It, th- honestly, I mean, could you imagine just flying around in a ring? 
flipping in the air and then landing on a mat. That is not fake. I mean, you guys know how to land properly, which is great, so you don't break anything. But, yeah, it's very athletic and very, um, uh, you know, taxing on the body, I'm sure. Um, did you? What did you do prior to wrestling that um, kind of engaged you into doing all these, um, especially like the flips and the high-flying stuff? Were you a gymnast or anything like that? No, and that's pretty funny um, because I have never done anything athletic-wise. I've never played sports, dance, or gymnastic, or just nothing like that. Uh, wrestling came by accident to me. Um, I was actually uh, in a very dark place as a teenager. I've been bullied a lot, uh, my father being gone and out of the picture, mm-hmm. and just so much negativity and people telling me that, I don't belong here. Uh, what am I doing? That I'm I'm just a waste of an existence, pretty much. So I lost complete confidence in myself, and I started to believe everything that people were telling me. And Sofia Lopez, who is the attorney of Wow, she's also one of my mom's greatest friends, and she saw how lost I was, and she recommended me to to come check out Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did. I, I took my first training class. I did not know what I was walking into. I had no idea that it was wrestling. In fact, she just kept mentioning, oh, you train in the ring, you train in the ring. So I was thinking boxing. And I was <laughs> like, okay, I, I'll give it a shot. I don't think I'm strong enough, but whatever. We'll see how it goes. And after my first training session with Selena Majors, I knew this was for me. And that first day I started to feel alive again and, and passionate about something, even though I sucked completely (laughs) (laughs) on my first day, I was determined to get better. And I haven't had that feeling in the longest time. And it really did save my life. It changed me and and made me realize who I am today and a stronger person. Well, that's awesome. So, yeah, definitely. I couldn't imagine walking into an arena or whatever with a ring and telling me, okay, you need to do this. And I'd be like, you want me to do what? Like, f- I want you to stand <laughs> yeah. up on the ropes and I want you to flip and twist and land on the summit. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, I, it, I, I completely get it. I was a figure skater most of my youth. I was a competitive figure skater. And you just, you learn how to build up to those you know, tricks or whatever you want to call them. Uh, It's a lot of training. It's a lot of patience. And it's a lot of faith that you have to have in yourself that you can do it. Um, You know, when I I first started skating, uh, I put on a pair of skates, and I didn't know what to do. And I pushed a chair across the ice just to keep myself from falling down. But, you know, you just keep practicing and you keep working. And if it's something that you're passionate about, you're willing to give it 110% every time you enter the ring for your, you know. So that's great that you found an outlet um, to kind of get you back on track with your life because, um, you know, being in a dark place, you know, sometimes it's hard for people to get out of it. And it. Um, to find something, an outlet for you to find a way to um, enjoy life. That's awesome that you found that. And it's awesome that, that you found the, you know, wow, women of wrestling. Um, you know, I don't think they get as much credit as I think they should. Um, now, they do have that Netflix series Glow, Gorgeous Women of Wrestling, which is based out of the 80s wrestling genre, which is fabulous for their costumes um but in their big hair um did you uh did you watch wrestling at all when you were a kid um just like really embodied it and be like that would be an interesting career or did you ever think that as a child that you would be where you're at today with wrestling yeah I've never seen I mean i I know about wrestling. I knew about WWF and WWE because my little brother was obsessed with wrestling. He had all the action figures, every single uh, taping that came out. He would be the first one to buy it. Um, He would go to live events. He would have nothing but like t-shirts that had wrestling on it and his blankets were wrestling theme and everything. So obviously wrestling was in the house. Uh, because of my brother, but I personally was never the kind of person who would sit down with him and watch it. I would hear in the background, 
but I was more of a Barbie girl and had like my dolls and stuff like that. So it's funny because I never in a million years would picture myself doing wrestling or being this involved in the wrestling community. And, and now here I am, um, on wow, women are wrestling and my brother is my biggest fan so it's kind of cool how, you know, the tables turn because he kind of always had that that mm. dream to do wrestling. Um, but he took a different path. Now he does a lot of uh, business with my mom, mostly property stuff. Um, so he's, he's enjoying that career. But, you know, he still gets to sit in the sideline and cheer for his favorite wrestler, who is me. <laughs> That's awesome. That, yeah, I know my oldest son is huge into wrestling. I He has conversations with himself between Hollywood Hulk Hogan and Randy Macho Man Savage. He does both voices. So he'll go back and that forth. Awesome. I know. It's so yeah. funny. Well, well, uh, Women of Wrestling will be on set this Saturday night, October fifth, at eight p.m. Eastern, which is seven p.m. or seven p.m. Central Time, which is our time zone on Access TV. Hopefully, you'll see Steffi on there wrestling and doing her acrobatic aerial assaults, which is awesome. Um, but thank you so much for your time, and I hope you have the best of luck with your endeavors with Women of Wrestling. Yes, thank you for having me. All right, have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Wow, Women of Wrestling, I think that's so much fun. Well, you have to take a quick break, and we'll come back right after these messages. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more. And please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. It's Tom telling you that you can lose an average of 26.2 pounds on the 40-day weight loss program powered by Nutramost. I lost 92.5 pounds in less than five months. Thanks to the Sheehy Brothers and the Ultimate Wellness and Weight Loss Program powered by Nutramost. And I encourage you to let them help you lose weight as they teach you how to stay healthy and keep that weight off. Take it from me. Having a coach keeps you accountable and it makes achieving your goals so much easier. Let the Ultimate Wellness and Weight Loss Program powered by Nutramost help you. Schedule your immediate consultation or attend the Nutramost free dinner at 6.30 p.m. on Monday, August 19th at Jake's in Plymouth. Call now, 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Study data comes from client-submitted data to a third party for tracking of daily weight loss and progress through the new to most weight loss programs. See website for full disclaimer details. That's right. Girls just want to have fun in the wrestling ring. Now, I explain to my boys, because I I like wrestling. I find it entertaining. What's fake about wrestling is, you know, the scripts that they go by, the the infighting, the, you know, this person versus this person. That that is scripted, and that's for entertainment purposes. It gives a backstory to the fight and stuff like that. I mean, even with real boxers, Muhammad Ali, he didn't hate Joe Frazier, but he would trash talk him in, in front of TV. That's just how it, it gives a hype and it gives a, a narrative to the fight. Um, but with wrestlers, I mean, it. I, I consider them incredible athletes. Um, it, it, they, they're like stuntmen. They know how to take a punch. They know how to punch where it's not a real punch, but it. It looks like a real punch, but they, they do physically get hurt. Um, uh, when we were on the cruise, Mick Foley, um, who played Mankind and Cactus Jack, he had a couple different names uh, in wrestling. But he talked about a lot of the uh, brutal hits he took, and he's suffering from them today. You can tell he walks in pain. Um, he, he would, he would like, leap off of a cage and land on a table. Mm-hmm. Um, he would have, he would take, uh, there was this one, I remember it, uh, he like landed on a bed of thumbtacks. He had thumbtacks in his head and his forehead and I mean, all over his body. And he just, 
and it was all for entertainment and all for the 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 love of wrestling so if somebody tells you wrestling's fake just tell them to blow it off and whatever because it, it's not fake it's it's a real thing and i don't know i mean it may not be your thing but um i just i just love how my kids have embraced it and uh they're so cute like my son jack he literally he does um he'll have a conversation back and forth between uh hulk hogan and randy macho and savage i i gotta secretly record it sometime and play it on the show because it's so hilarious but i'm glad that he found an outlet and and dave will be on the the second annual jericho cruise in january it's at sale i want to say it's like uh the 20 january 24th or something um but he's taking uh the boys on this one and they are so stoked for it to and it's so cool to have a live a wrestling ring with live wrestling on a cruise ship. It's it's bizarre, but it's a lot of fun though. When we were there, it was over Halloween. Our last we actually came back to port on Halloween. So we kind of played it up with costumes and stuff and then the night before we uh our last night there um Dave was dressed as Indiana Jones. I was dressed up as a sailor girl. Uh, but all the wrestling guys came out, all the good guys, not the heels, but the good guys came out and they were all dressed up as Mario characters. And one of the female ones was dressed up as Princess Peach and the heels took Princess Peach, took, you know, like they kidnapped her. And then it just became a melee with Mario characters wrestling in a ring. It was so funny. Mm. Um, okay. Well, Minnesota, let's see. I have some insurance news for you. Minsure. This is important because open enrollment does start next month, I believe, November 1st. It says Minsure rates to hold steady in 2020 shows market stability. So that's good. So hopefully there's not too huge of uh, increases in rates. It says Minnesotans who buy health plans through the state-run health insurance exchange or directly through health insurance will see an average premium hold steady or decline next year. The Minnesota Department of Commerce also released data Tuesday that shows most people covered through a small business health plan will see an average premium increase to 2 to 4%. Minnesota announces a seven-week enrollment period for 2020 coverage. State Commerce Commissioner Steve Kelly says the rate changes show Minnesota's individual health market has stabilized, but Kelly says many Minnesotans still struggle to afford health insurance due to the expensive premiums and out-of-pocket costs. Minsure says next year every county in Minnesota will offer at least two insurers, while the lineup of insurance companies selling coverage through Minsure is reportedly holding steady. These companies are adding a total of 39 new health plan options. Well, that's good that they're holding out, giving out some more options for plans. Open enrollment does begin November 1st. Minnesotans can view available 2020 plans through uh, Minsure starting October 15th. So is that in two weeks? Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I could I could fill I could fill a whole hour a whole hour of talking and literally bitching about health insurance. I completely got screwed out of my health insurance once the Affordable Health Care Act was enacted back in 2014. It got to the point where I couldn't even afford my medications anymore. Um, the medication I was on for my Crohn's disease, it was $1,500 a shot. I had to take injections every mm -hmm. two weeks. My doctor actually wanted me to up it to four shots a month. And I'm like, I don't have $6,000 to fork out. I mean, who does? And there was no generic for the medication that I was on, so I had to pay out of pocket. Now, at the time uh, when it uh, – drug one thing that's nice is drug companies do offer co – or they call them like a copay program or out-of-pocket program where they will help you with out-of-pocket expenses. The problem that I ran into was – the money that they were giving me to go towards my deductible and out-of-pocket expenses, the insurance company quit applying it to my deductible. Mm. And they literally told me on the phone that you need to be responsible for your own deductible. So they were trying to get out of covering people 100%. And I said, um, does it matter where you're getting the money as long as you're getting your deductible money? What does it matter? Yeah, you'd think. But they quit, they quit uh, taking money from manufacturers and applying it to deductibles and out-of-pocket expenses. So I was left to have no choice but to quit taking my medication. 
I ended up getting on medical marijuana, which has helped me tremendously, and I'm kind of glad that I got off the medication, but I still have issues that um, I deal with on a day-to-day basis. Uh, You know, it's sad that people have to choose between either buying food, keeping the electricity on, or paying for the medications or going to the doctor. I hate having to go to the doctor because I don't know what it's going to cost me. You know, having a chronic illness... I, you know, I know my limitations and everything, but it's like, I don't know if I, you know, no, if I had the coverage I had prior to the Affordable Care Act, I'd be like, I'm just going to go in and get checked out, pay my copay. That's all I paid out of pocket. Now it's pay the copay. And here's a percentage that we, we co- only covered 20%. So you have to cover 80% because we're not going to cover this 20 or, you know, whatever. And it's like, okay, and then here's the medications that you need. We're only going to, it's a specialty drug, so you got to pay out of pocket until you reach your deductible on these specialty medic. I mean, it's, it, every time I go to the doctor, it's $500. Easy. Yeah. So it's, you know, um, I, but I'm, I'm a, I'm going to be one to look into this November 1st because right now I'm on a cost-sharing program and the problem that I'm having with cost-sharing, which it's a, it's a great uh, model to go by, but if you have a pre-existing condition, they won't cover it for two years because they want yeah. you to put money into the pool, which is, which is you know, understandable because, you know, if you especially if you have a chronic illness or something, a pre-existing condition that needs to have coverage, then it's only fair that you put the money in that you're going to be taking out. Um, but I, I need to find something else that's a little bit more affordable for me. So I'm glad that they come up with some new health plan options because when I went on, before I got on the cost-sharing program, I went on there, there were like three options. Here's plan A, plan B, plan C. And they all sucked. Like the coverage just sucked. And I'm like, well, this isn't going to help me. Um, you know, I, I would like to have, I'd rather have a lower premium with a slightly higher deductible, but it's like now it's everything's high. the premium's high, the deductible's high, the out-of-pocket max is high. And so I don't know, but just stay tuned. I wanted to make sure since we're in Minnesota, I want to make sure that you guys have that information because it is important. Health insurance is important, and I hope uh, everyone can find an affordable plan. Um, but, yeah, open enrollment starts November 1st, and you can start looking at the health insurance plans that they have to offer October 15th. So, um, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully it won't be a, a fiasco like it has been. And a lot of times too, with Minsure, like the website wasn't working or you couldn't act. Oh, it was just a pain, but, um, yeah, it's difficult, but they do have insurance brokers. If, if, if it's overwhelming for you, trust me, I've been there. If it's overwhelming for you, find an health insurance broker they can walk you through the process. They can help you with filling out applications, doing this stuff online, setting up profile. They can do all that for you. So find one in your area. But that should do it for today. Now, again, I'm programming note. Tomorrow and Friday are going to be a best of. We should be back here Monday um, in our new studio. And uh, hopefully everything will work out and all the equipment will get it set up and Hopefully by Monday at 11.10, we're good to go. Andy and I are going to work on getting that done. But um, I think that should do it for today. What do you think, Andy? I think so. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you here again on Monday. Again, this is Cassie Schrader sitting in for Tom Bernard for the family.